0: Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you
1: have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth.
0: And welcome back to the Matches of Modern podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm back. (laughs) Since I last talked to you guys, I have played 16 matches of Modern using Superior Burning Cocoa. 16 games. No, 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 it's more than 16 games. 16 matches, guys. I actually went for it this week. I played a lot of Modern. I had a great time, and uh, it was a great PPTQ weekend. But we're back, and we're here to talk to you guys about all the things.
0: Guess who's back? back again. Oh, you're going, you're singing Eminem now. Superior burning Coco's back.
1: Oh man. And
0: it's got spaghetti on its shirt.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like that. that was yeah. Good. See,
0: see what I did there. There was, were layers of memes <laughs> and, I thought that was and pretty clever. late nineties rap music.
1: Speaking of which, have you seen the trailer for that movie Patty cakes? No. It's like, I, I think it looks to be like a girl who's like high school age, maybe college aged. She's got like the mom in the wheelchair. Who's got like the. Uh, smoking-assisted, you know, the tube to help her. Yeah, sure. Right, and she's got, like, two friends, one who looks to be, like, maybe, like, a Pakistani guy. I, like, just watched the trailer, obviously. Like, I don't know. I'm just, like, judging by what I saw. And, like, a guy with, like, a bunch of piercings and dreads, and it's, like, a very, like, eclectic group. It's like a Juno. And she's, like, a rapper. Oh, no. And she's going to be... It's its straight up just like... It kind of looks like updated, kind of quirky 8 Mile. Okay. Look up the trailer, guys. I'm going to stick patty cakes. It looks kind of charming. It won like, awards at Sundance, I think. But okay. I, but I like watched it, and I was like... They realize they're like either making a lot of fun of 8 Mile, or this is just remaking 8 Mile with a female lead.
0: I feel like... There are so many sports movies out there that all have that generic plot that there is space to have multiple rap movies. Yeah, you're probably right. Especially since there's also at least five different Step Up movies, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, are American treasures. <laughs> Step Up? The Step Up franchise. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's equal parts awful and some of the cruelest it's dance scenes ever. Oh, yeah. And so together... Greatest. Alright, that was a detour we don't need to go down. Yeah. Uh go watch the <laughs> Step Up Movies The Great. Uh, <laughs> uh Today we're gonna be talking about so you you took this tournament deck to the tournament. We're gonna talk about the Pro Tour. Yep. Uh it was a standard Pro Tour, uh which is no longer the only kind of Pro Tour. So we'll we'll briefly touch on it and some of the exciting things and some of the things that meant. Um there was one other thing. Oh, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh one of the favorite cards from your deck. Break down a little bit why we think it might be underrated. Yep. Um and that's it that's what we're talking about today so uh before think, we get I
1: think we can tease what that card is because people like that card
0: fauna shaman it's yeah. the best we went up to three fauna Bae. shaman for
1: this weekend and I was impressed w- with it so
0: well Ben uh, was at a tournament I upgraded all my pop culture <laughs> sl- slang lingo
1: he's just been like yeah just like reading a dictionary the urban the dictionary. Urba, yeah
0: reading urban dictionary
1: so I'm doing that thing right now, guys, where I feel like I have to sneeze. And I'm cooking. so I'm gonna break down. I'm, I'm gonna break down. We're gonna talk face.
0: about Fonda but then you should follow us on Twitter. We are at the cast. I am at Cass Wiley. Ben is sneezy McSneezer. No, he's at uh, Ben Bateman Media. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, and there's cool stuff. And this first month was just getting started, but uh, we learned that analytics stuff exists, and we have a top ten people that interact on there. So I think what we're going to do is probably start giving passes or, or prizes of some variety to a random person in the top ten people that interact on the Facebook page so make sure to check that out it's uh, the official Ma- Masters of Modern Facebook group um, if you want to donate to the Patreon that's the, the other main thing uh, you know we do this podcast every week and we keep getting it out every week uh, as much as it might kill us. And, and we love doing it. We love you guys and we love the support. And if you just go there to donate a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can afford, uh, it's super appreciated. It's how we kind of keep this podcast going on. Uh, lastly, make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Uh, I'm going to be guesting on it in a couple of weeks. Um, and they do awesome commander content. Uh, we're both at company, which is our website. Um, and it's it's like the, it's dot .company. So like dot .com, but with a P-A-N-Y. So collective.com.
1: Last but not least, you guys can get additional content from Alex and I if you go and download Anchor.fm, which is the app that I use to do a show called 10 Minutes of Magic every week. Um, I kind of am feeling like because modern is so where my mind is at, I almost want to start moving that show more and more in the modern direction and almost make it like the unofficial second outlet for Masters of Modern.
0: A little, a little mini cast?
1: Kind of. I mean, obviously, sure. it's my show that I'm on a lot more than you. <laughs> so But I could get you on more because of the cell phone feature. And mm-hmm. guys, so if you go to the Facebook group or Twitter, you'll hear Alex and I went on like a 10-minute conversation last night about two drop creatures that draw cards in modern specifically baleful strix and why i think it should be in modern and uh we talk about you know ideas for cards that could exist that are close to the power level we want so go check that out i think that link is live for another just play
0: just play elvish visionary
1: it's not as good (laughs) Um,
0: um so yeah so so make sure to check all this content out really important but let's let's get into the episode um uh let's 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 uh let's talk about the pro tour i think that's the easiest quickest piece uh
1: Paulo won. Paulo Vitor Domino Rosa. How many
0: Pro Tours has he two. won? He has two. He's won two. This is his second one. So but that's his- crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this is what I would say about Paulo. Um, for the longest time, John and Kai were always considered like the two greatest, and there was always a conversation there because Kai literally won every Pro Tour one year, so he has like five Pro Tour wins. Right,
0: he like had one of the greatest runs in Magic history, and
1: and it was in the late mid to late nineties. So it was a different time for Magic, but it doesn't change the fact that's like you you can't discredit the greats in any sport or anything where people do great things in their time. Right. Um, John, I think only won two or three Pro Tours, but also he top eighted like eleven Pro Tour top eights.
0: And still is top eighting today. Yeah. And he, he he lazily goes to Pro Tours. So because he's considered one of, if not the best player, yeah. and Kai is the other person in kind of contention classically, he just like doesn't try hard. He like tests with the best team in the country. And he tries for those two weeks before the Pro Tour, but like he doesn't play magic otherwise. He just shows up and just Sometimes he spikes a pro tour. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So what's really interesting about this is like, uh, this is one of those situations where magic starts to parallel all of the major, major sports, whether you're talking American or you're talking like football, like not American football. Uh, That's called soccer. Soccer. Well, they call it football over there.
0: Um, We're in, we're in, uh, this is the most America (laughs) moment I have, but we're in America. (laughs) But what
1: I was going to say was, Every one of the sort of like legacies of these competitors in their fields, specifically John and Kai and Paulo, it's all determined by the same thing. It's number of rings. How many times have you won the title? Because you can have all the records and you can have all the appearances you want. But at the end of the day, if somebody's got five and you've got one, but you have every record, no one cares. They have five. That's what it, also, it, sure. all, it all comes down to that.
0: Well, it's, 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 for, it's, it's for layman marketing purposes. Right. If, if I don't know anything about a sport... I could argue to death that Michael Jordan is the best basketball player because he has the most rings. I can argue to death that the L.A. Lakers is the best basketball franchise of all time or the Steelers are the best football franchise of all time because both of them have won the most championships.
1: Right. If you chose to. Uh, I've argued that a few times, (laughs)
0: mostly because I'll argue with a, a fish. (laughs) <laughs> that, yeah, I'll, about I'll, an, I'll, anything a I'll, walk a i rock. will
1: uh, i will allow you to argue action movies with me i will not allow you to argue sports <laughs> it's not it's, that's not acceptable <laughs>
0: i mean my true sta- the statements i made are true continue <laughs> uh,
1: so long story short though paulo has for a little while now he's he's been that guy uh we'll, we'll say he's the equivalent of lebron james in the sense that like no one wanted to give lebron the credit until like now where people are finally like he might just be the best ever. He's at least in the top three ever. right? And that's where Paulo's at now, is people are like, he might just be the best ever. And he's I- at least third, without a doubt. I mean, if you look at his... It, he has two wins, but I think he has 12 Pro Tour top eights, and I think he has 18 or 19 Grand Prix top eights, not to mention some Grand Prix wins, I think. So, and this is all in the last, like, six years, seven years. Like, Paulo... I remember when Paulo like yeah,
0: LSV's in this conversation, but LSV also people just want to commentate for now on
1: yeah LSV LSV uh, definitely took his he took his commitment to magic in a slightly different direction. he became much more of a content creator. yeah he also he sort of went like the Chapin route where like they're both very good players and they both commit like heavily but when they're not playing, it's like their job is very much to be a part of the magic community and that's as important clearly to them as winning is it seems like anyway. Uh, they right. seem to be pretty content being a part of the community, so it definitely seems like uh, you know PV is one of the guys who has really stuck with the dream. You know, he's kept that dream alive because most guys six, seven years—that's a long time. There's not a lot of Magic players. The guys yeah, that come on, up on that
0: here, number f- uh, th- this list on the Gazette Review, which I have no idea what this is from, but Paulo was four after, and then I'm assuming Shui Nakamura is the.
1: They put Shui at three,
0: two. Kai Budi's at three.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, fin-
0: uh, you know how they ranked it by winnings, by by monetary oh, 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 winnings. Oh, monetary winnings. So John Finkel's won four hundred at this point, which I'll find the date. One second.
1: I'm sure that's an old list.
0: Uh, October twenty first, twenty sixteen. Oh. Uh. So. What about John Finkel has won four hundred nine thousand dollars. Shui Nakamura has won three hundred eighty six thousand dollars. Kai booty won three hundred eighty one. Paulo had won three hundred fifty two. Paulo might be close to number 1 if yeah. you're using this ranking system which isn't a bad
1: uh, I think money I I just when you think about those totals I think like top aiding a pro tour and getting 6th or 8th or something like that is more impressive than the like the extra like well
0: like like you, you pretty much the, the significant significant amount of money you win is in that top that top bracket like I don't think you can get to these numbers if you've just been grinding and hitting 16th place at every pro tour for the last right 20 years like you have to win some of these high 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 end sides and on top of that it also weights correctly in how difficult magic is right so like the even if the prize payout now is higher the pro the professional competition right now is a higher competitive field so by using monetary value that kind of like correlatively scales well with your winnings
1: did you just use the words correlatively yeah Is that a word? No, no no way,
0: (laughs) not an enchant, not a chance. Uh, Sick, (laughs) being added with sure, sure, sure is 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 in the Alex Kessel lexicon. Uh, But just you know, money will go up the more competitive it becomes. So, so the fact that you maybe are like weighted towards more recent means also you've won more in a harder field. Um, I like that ranking system.
1: I think it's fine. I, I don't think that it properly reflects the exact numbers, but I think it gives you a pretty pretty strong ballpark. I think
0: I think I would take that into account more than n- I would take total wins first and then maybe that next. It's fair.
1: Um, so that is the big news from over the weekend is that uh Paul Vitor,
0: Well uh, the other thing is is this was approached with five burned or mono red red deck wins decks yep uh run them up i'm not going to say that i'm never going to say that land's name correctly rum a nap nap it's the red it's the red desert that you can sack a desert to do two damage to each opponent um let me take a look it's like the what the deck is called so and red uh it um had five decks in the top eight and then there was a, a, a mono black zombies list a green black constrictor list and then one other deck um And this is like people are complaining like oh look it's but this is like this is what I want Magic to be I I I think my happiest versions of standard formats are when mono red wins the Pro Tour, but then and then like dominates the Pro Tour but then becomes a tier two deck immediately afterwards right like that's the like when you look at some of the greatest standard formats ever that's kind of what where they came from and that's just because that's what mono red does that's what its job is that's why mono red is the most successful Pro Tour deck of all time. Um, because it it's very good in a field that no one knows what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. What do you do when you don't know what's up? You play aggressive. That's right. what people do. And it's like
0: it it means the format is complicated enough that the pros couldn't figure it out, so they went with, oh, I'm just gonna punish my opponents.
1: <laughs> right, and and uh, that's that's I think it's. <laughs> so the
0: it's... moral of the story maybe is always play a really good life gain in your sideboard at a pro tour. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I've never been somebody who's ever played Mono Red in an event before. I've never done it. Sure, it's just never been something on my radar. You're not,
0: you're not you don't believe in that fire. No, but I get it. But, but you I, do feel the burn.
1: But I do understand it. <laughs> that's look at you, correlatively. Um, <laughs> so yes. Anyway, that's the that's the Pro Tour news. Uh, Paulo on on the Pro Tour. Yeah, Mono red sweet. Yeah,
0: Standard might be a good place.
1: Uh, all right. So
0: next next on our list is Ben giving us a. A little L- bit of a L- breakdown. L- 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 breakdown of Subiri Should we talk and, uh, Fauna uh,
1: Shaman first or should we talk about the tournament report first? I think we should
0: talk about PPTQs. Okay. And how you feel now that you've played in multiple in one week. Yep. Uh, how you feel that system is working.
1: Well, okay. Because so I have
0: one big complaint with them, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that is totally that their name is dumb, but you go with actually <laughs> it, it actually playing in them.
1: Well, this is what I'll say. So um, two years ago, two summers ago, probably, in the f- I guess it was the first summer we were doing the show, I did something similar. I In a span of a few weeks, I think I played in like four PPTQs. And I played with Superior Burning Coco, but the earliest iteration of that deck. And... I had fun. Um, it was before they had canceled the Modern Pro Tour and those events that I assumed would be around 30 people because the payout of winning one of these is you get fed to a larger tournament that you then have a chance to play against the best of the best to then top four and then get to a Pro Tour. It's a really hard road. It's, we've talked about this a lot, but it's a very difficult road. And winning a PPTQ is exciting, but it's hard to do, and it's not worth that much. It just isn't. Like You mm-hmm. don't get that much out of it. Um So, in my mind, these have always been sort of a bit more like GPTs, and your local GPT, usually, a Grand Prix trial, would be like 22 to 35 people, and sometimes smaller, but rarely was a GPT anywhere near 40 people, because, again, the payout's not that big. Why would that many people show up? There should be a lot of them. So, a couple years ago, the exact same thing happened that happened this weekend, which is that I show up to these things expecting there to be about 25 to 35 people, and it pushes damn near 70 so
0: well that's cuz these aren't th- these aren't um GPTs GPTs these are PPTQs. PPTQs and those are 76 player tournaments.
1: Yeah, but the problem with that is the old PTQs would be like 128 or 110 sometimes. Occasionally they they'd be like a 200 person tournament, but very often they They were getting
0: to average when they made the change they were getting between 150 to 250 players was the average.
1: Yeah, and both were incredibly difficult, but I guess the feeling there was like we're playing in a mini GP level of competition here, and winning it is worth something enormous. Mm-hmm. And that's the t- that's the tough thing: is seventy players that are grinders is a lot. So uh, on Thursday night, I went to the local modern night at our local shop just to like get a few reps, and I got to play against three different decks, which was great. Um, that was that was like sort of just like wetting my appetite. The three decks that I played against were ad nauseum, green black X, the ghost quarter three main deck ooze one, and uh, Storm Gift Storm, mm-hmm. I went one and two. Uh, I hadn't really refined my sideboard yet, and I hadn't made the major changes that I made going into the weekend.
0: Uh, we'll talk about.
1: Yep, um, ad nauseum. Interesting. Like, I hadn't I hadn't played against an ad nauseum deck in quite some time. I'd seen coverage of them and talked about them, but like, even remembering how it all worked and like what you're supposed to respond to. I'll say Angels Grace is a pretty sweet card. <laughs> yeah, like for stalling purposes, he like almost just won the game. He he won a game by playing Angels Grace pass, Angels Grace pass, Angels Grace win. When right. I like had him dead on board, and like that's annoying. It's really hard. Um, it's fog. But uh,
0: the the I have a Gideon tri- of the Trials um, glorious end. Yeah, yes. Uh, deck in my phone that like I keep gold fishing, and I plays four of it, and it's just like, oh yeah, this cards this cards good. And Gideon of the Trial does similar things. Yeah, yeah.
1: Do. yeah, Gideon of the Trials. sweet. Um, So Green Black X is a really good deck. I think that that deck is super powerful and does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is, and it's interesting too, there's a blue-white deck and a green-black deck that have popped up now that do kind of the same thing, which is that they're able to play really efficient and consistent mana bases that allow to play like three or four ghost quarters in the main deck. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the value because of like Eldrazi Tron and various other things. They play like 27, 28 land, so they're always going to hit their land drops. They're not really worried about it but they play enough Ghost Quarters in the main deck, they can just fire them off, mm-hmm. um, and they can slow you down. Um, so the Green Black X deck, I I beat, actually. I, oh, no, no, I beat the Ad Nauseam player. That's what it was. And then the Green Black X player I lost against. Um, the Green Black X guy, a couple things happened. One, it turns out Graveyard Hate's pretty good against Superior Burning Cocoa. Like, it's pretty good. A lot of your value comes... A lot of your value comes from recursion out of your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, your, your late game is, like, getting your Renegade Rallyer or, like, your claim to fame or something. It used to be Profane Command and having, like, a big Haymaker turn where you get back a Superior or something like that. Mm-hmm. Plus your Goyfs. They can really, really hurt your game plan if they take out your graveyard. So, Green Black X is just better than you. They, like, they have lots of oozes in the main deck to eat your graveyard and their goyfs are as big as your goyfs, but you don't get any late game, and obviously, like, they play more efficient cards because they're not, like, doing something tricky and wonky. Uh, Their mana base is super consistent. They're not slow. So, yeah, it's a good deck. Um, And then Gift Storm was the first time I had played against this new version of Gift Storm because it's a newer deck, and it's super good. It's really streamlined, that I will say. It does not interact with you almost at all. Remand is, I think, the only interactive card in the entire deck. It's not playing any bolts.
0: Right. The the only interaction that Storm generally wants to have are things that stop your interaction.
1: Yes, and re- remands or are really barely in there for that reason anyway. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately that deck is, is non interactive and you just have to have a game plan post board. I mean I mean, like as we both know, that's how modern it is. Half the decks in the format, that's the that's the deal. You if you have a a nuke in the sideboard, you're great. And if you don't, you don't. And the, the rest...
0: nice the nice thing about Storm is Storm is weak to graveyard hate. Yeah. So that that's like And I think if it wasn't, Wizards would be taking a little bit more of a Banhammer against it and or Dredge. Because the fact that two of the big interactive decks are all... And I think that's one of the reasons Affinity is doing so well. Is that, like, the main format's big bads are weak to Graveyard Hate. Yep. Where Affinity used to have, like, share with Infect as this, like really quickly aggro all-on-one flyer game plan, so, like, made right. Lingering Souls really good in the format or, or or decks that could handle that specific game plan. So it was weaker then, but now that Infect is gone, now the only hate against Affinity is its weakness to uh, Artifact hate. Right. And you can only have so many slots between Graveyard and Artifact hate, and the fact that you can have so many decks that Graveyard hate is important to you, just prioritize that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... So that was, like, my warm-up was that tournament. I didn't really get a super strong sense of the format there because I don't think Ad Nauseum is a premier deck right now. Uh, Green-Black is definitely a thing, and Storm is... I mean, Storm's p- kind of tier one right now. People are playing yeah. a lot of it. Um, but then I went to the next tournament. I made a few changes, nothing drastic to the main deck. Um, I decided to play one Collective Brutality, I think, in the main deck. Or maybe I hadn't even decided to do that yet. I think that was still in no, the That skateboard. was
0: the, that was day two. Yep. Yeah. Or day um, three.
1: But, uh... I, I pretty much took the same list and changed my sideboard around. Okay. Um, and the matchups day one, I played six rounds, were Affinity, uh, Nahiri, like Jeskai Control, Grixis Shadow, Domain Shadow, Eldrazi Tron, and another Affinity deck. I ended up going three and three. Okay. Um, it was kind of a disappointing day. Uh, the I would describe the matchups. So Affinity twice, I'll start there. It's was my first matchup and my last matchup. Something I learned playing Affinity that I was reminded of. was a few years ago i had three or four stony silences in the sideboard even though i play vile on my deck Mm -hmm. and i had to bring them in against affinity and what i I realized is like you need a nuke against affinity the only other card that you possibly can play against affinity that gives you a decent shot at winning i think is lingering souls but you have to be a deck that consistent can consistently hit lingering souls on the third turn flash it back have a game plan it needs to be in your opener like even lingering souls feels good but not
0: lingering souls is a card that gives you points against affinity if it's in your main deck because because yes. you have a card that's really good against them all three games one it's a sideboard plan against affinity it's not like lingering souls is a side plan sideboard plan against infect is good because literally they have to waste pump spells to be able to get through tokens yeah otherwise their creature dies other than the the unblockable one. Um, With Affinity, they just have other options, and they can just go do a wide swing where you have to block all of them with all four of your tokens, and then the next turn they'll go deep on one guy. So, like, yeah, no, Lingering Souls is more like it gives you points in your main deck, not in your sideboard.
1: Even Kataki, which I have one of on my sideboard, which, because I play a Fauna Shaman deck, seems like should be a really good card. In day one, I had to mold a five against Affinity, and kept a one-lander scry, my one-lander's a fetch land, and I see Kataki on the top of the deck. It was such a slump. Like, yeah, of course I have to keep this card on top, which means I'm going to take a turn off from drawing a land because I can't crack my fetch on turn one because I have to draw this card. So I can't do anything. I'm going to have to just Well, that's, take-
0: that's more just bad beats. I mean, like, it, it, would you say Kataki, if you were getting it in a normal game, would be good against the I played Kataki
1: on turn three. It didn't do almost anything. Sure. Yeah. Kataki's not actually very good against them. It's fine, it slows them down, but they unless you can sneak a kataki. It's in, good
0: against some specific affinity hand. It's good against their wide strategy.
1: Yeah, if like, if, if they yeah. if they do like the, the like Ornithopter double Memnite Mox Opal, like where they, they knock down like, you know, seven artifacts in the first two turns and they're stranded with like the one opal in their hand or the one uh, plating in their hand or something, mm-hmm. and then you play it. Like, that's where you can win.
0: Well, I think, like, Kataki is good in junk decks where you turn to Kataki, turn three Lingering Souls. Like, then Affinity has a lot of problems because now you're kind of getting them on both ends. Right. They, they, they can't just save one guy because your Affinity tokens will just block it forever. And they can't go wide because they can't afford it. So then you put them in that. That's where you have to put them on a squeeze but when you're only doing one or the other i can see where that's problematic
1: i would still keep the one kataki in my board because of the fauna shaman plan and i think especially if you're if you're like grinding in game two or three against affinity and you look at their board state and you have a fauna shaman vial active and you're barely holding on and you see the opportunity to like end of turn sneak in kataki like you can just win i feel like you can can nuke half their board that way so that's pretty smart but uh in general i was less impressed stony is the card that's the card you want against affinity period end of story ancient grudge is good snowy silence when you play it against them in a lot of cases it just ends the game they don't right they almost can't do anything because some people don't realize but they can't activate their land they can't use dark citadel they can't use mox opal obviously but they can't tap dark Steel citadel from mana right like they're left with basically ink moth and blink moth nexus And that's it.
0: Right. Well, I think one of the reasons that Infinity's been doing so well is that neither Grixis, Death Shadow, Eldrazi Tron, -tron, Red Green Scape Shift, none of these decks can play Stony Silence. Like, the only deck that can play is Blue-White, and I think Blue-White is doing really well recently. Like, uh, we keep getting good data that, like, controls back. Uh, and, like, blue-white is kind of the main forefront of that.
1: There'll be some exciting stuff to talk about in the day twos here. Um, so, aside from that, day one, I played against the Domain Shadow deck, the Grixis Shadow deck, Nahiri Control with, you know, em- Emrakul, like, the Jeskai Nahiri Control deck, and uh, finally Eldrazi Tron. Those are all the decks I played day one. What was your
0: easiest matchup, and what was your hardest
1: matchup? Um, I felt like Domain Shadow was pretty easy. Okay. Um, it's fast. And it's aggressive, but if you have a couple well-timed removal spells, you can you can do pretty well against them. And also for me, because my creatures are pretty big, uh, one removal spell and, like, a live Mirror superior or, like, a live tarmogoyf for something. Just, like, just getting to the mid-game and, like, not dying to them. Collective Brutality is also pretty insane against them because they play Swift Spear. They play Swift Spear and they play a bunch of pump spells. So your ability to kill a Swift Spear and take a pump spell is like really epic and even honestly just playing brutality to just like just playing brutality to take a pump spell and maybe like drain gain can be enough to pull you out of that because they're they they're, they're kind of more like a zoo deck honestly they're a zoo deck that plays shadow so that was pretty interesting um they're just a kind of a, like they're like blitz but they're kind of vulnerable um Tron's really good that deck's just very powerful the one thing i will say is that Your creatures in this deck match up well against theirs. Mirror Superior specifically matches up very well against them because they play Endbringer, they play Reality Smasher, they play Thought Not Seer, but a 5 6 blocks all of those creatures. Mm -hmm. It just blocks them. And especially if you have one in hand with a Vile and they attack a Smasher into it, it's like, okay, sweet. Like, I just, like, they don't have that much to, to get rid of you. They do play Main Deck Relic, which is annoying. That's, like, a super annoying thing they can do. Mm-hmm. And certainly, like, Karn is very good. I was able to beat a Karn because I had collected company. So she, like, played the Karn, killed Superior, and I, like, companyed in 10 power, managed to take out Karn. But
0: So uh, against Karn, would it be worth playing, um, oh, what's it called? The Pithing Needle creature.
1: Revoker. Revoker. But so, you guys are probably hearing and noticing, and I thought about this a lot, there's quite a few similarities in deck construction and sideboard options between Hate Bears and this deck because you're both looking to play a lot of 2 and 3 drops. And they have to be creatures. And they have to be creatures. You really want them to be creatures so that you can hit them off of a collected company, or you can file them in, or you can search for them with Fauna Shaman. And that's definitely the way the deck is constructed.
0: Um, and Claim the Fame gets them back. Like, you have a lot of different reasons. And so you want them to be two twos or 2 drops.
1: Totally. Um, but what I will say is, I've never been impressed with Revoker for a lot of the same reasons that, like, Harsh Mentor sucks, or, like, it's when it's just like a fragile two-one, and like your your game plan is yeah, to like
0: the benefit of pithing needle is it is like hard to interact, indestructible. With. Where yeah, like where like eventually you can just kill a two-one.
1: Like if Stony Silence was a bear, I'm sure I'd play one, but I certainly wouldn't play four over Stony Silence because it's a, it's a it's an enchantment; it's harder to interact with. Sure.
0: Um. Well, but you also would only need one because you can tutor for it.
1: Yes. Um. So, but yeah, that's that. That's like the big. The big realization there is that Eldrazi Tron is scary, and certainly, yeah, if they get if they get a nut draw, she turned three Karn, like a natural turn three Karn in the game she won against me. They also can play Chalice against you. Um, Chalice needs
0: to be at four. You have yeah, limited yeah, one drops.
1: Uh, and and the sweetest card in their deck is Walking Ballista for sure. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, like super sick. Love the card. Oh my god, the fact that they can turn three Walking Ballista for for As three, a and then if they untap. <laughs> Like you have to, you have to kill Walking Ballista. Yeah, otherwise it's just like game over. Yeah, you're just it, done.
0: It becomes a. They, they just it have goes the, to, it goes to it goes to five the next turn if they untap.
1: Yeah, they just start to have the ability to like completely machine gun anything on your side of the board. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a very good card. So, um, but that matchup was tough. But I definitely was not. I was not as scared of it afterwards. The, the main deck relics are tough for you. You really don't want to see relic. Um, that was pretty much my day one. So after day one, I went home, I adjusted, uh, I talked to you a little bit about things that I wanted to see. Well,
0: and one thing we talked about is, is it, you know, you came into that day with not enough affinity hate. That's kind of what was yeah. the decision at the end of it. And Stony Silence is also good against Eldrazi Tron.
1: It's not bad. I, I asked that girl because she was there the next day as well. Okay. I asked her about it. And what she said was, if you can get it down early against them, it's on the play, it's good because it stops their expedition map and mm-hmm. it stops their relic. Right, um, it also,
0: but it also stops on um, walking, ballista. walking ballista.
1: So th- so it's good against them in that sense. Now, if you draw one mid game, it's probably not so good. They've probably used the map. At that point, the relic's probably a lot less relevant, and sure. they probably have already cast a walking ballista or have mana to cast that is like a six six. And that point's just a six six, and they don't really care about your stony.
0: But that's also true against affinity. If you play if you play stony silence on turn four, it kind of doesn't matter as much anymore.
1: Yeah, agreed, but like, it, it definitely turns off a lot of what they're doing anyway. Sure, that's like true. It, it turns off a lot of their it game. It still plan.
0: locks them down, and it makes it so if you can then do anything to them, they can't rebound. Okay.
1: Like, Ravager becomes worthless. Yeah. Like it, it makes a lot of their... But like they
0: get Ravager in response, but yeah, to- their top decks become much worse. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so, but that was definitely a thing where I was like, all right, I need to adjust, I need to go. So I, I went, and I made sure I had the, the full set of Stonies. Played three, went up to three Leyland of the Void. I'd been playing two the previous day. In retrospect, I want four of each. (laughs) That's what the deck's gonna. I'm I'm gonna try to play in at least one more event this summer, probably two more. Okay. And I am gonna probably, unless it's like a month from now and the meta's totally shifted, I'm gonna show up with four Leyline and four Stony. Okay. Because like they're both good, and like Leyline of the Void is good against a lot of things um
0: well it, and the other thing you added was a you know, fauna shaman because we had a long conversation about it it sounds like the game plan of four four and then the remaining seven slots in your sideboard being singleton targets for fauna shaman if you go up on them isn't the worst plan for you
1: yeah you know i i had mirror crusaders in the board i don't think they're as important as they once were because they're good against green black and they're good against grixis but grixis can kill them um uh, they just bolt them yeah like they it's fine but it was better it
0: was better when jund was the main version of death shadow that was kind of doing well
1: yeah and there's a lot of versions that are now dipping into other colors so it doesn't feel as necessary anymore probably one or maybe even none uh yep so but yeah that the four and four we swapped out uh, we went down to two confidant and up the three fauna shaman was one of the big changes played a main deck collective brutality I cut the Selfless Spirit and replaced it with an apocrysite because I wanted one more four-power creature to hit Which off. Of, I
0: go- would both. love the internet's thoughts on because Look, <laughs> I, I've, I've
1: tested with Apocrisite in the past, and it's a weak card. It's not good. You never want to cast that on turn two, ever. But because the deck is playing some number of Fauna Shamans and Claim Fames and Ralliers and all these things, you want Ronas to be a 5-5 five five when you hit him. You wanted one more creature in the deck to be a 4-4 four four off of a Coco or off of a Vile, and because of Goyf, Apocrisite's a pretty ideal creature to discard. It's a it's a pretty good one. It makes your Goyf one bigger. Um, I didn't feel bad in the, the one game that I had in my opener. I viled it in as a four four, and it was good. So
0: so so the wording is if you just don't cast mana,
1: if you don't cast it from your hand. Okay. So if you vial it, it's a four. It four. counts. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but the the third Fauna Shaman is really interesting because what it, what you realize is your a plan in the deck is to play Burning Tree Emissary on turn two and get down Mir Superior off of it. Right. Well, if you have a superior or a burning tree in your opener, but you don't have the other piece, it can be frustrating. Enter three Fauna Shaman, which means, okay, I'm going to play Fauna Shaman on turn two, which means you have to now interact with my Fauna Shaman, like kill it immediately. Or on turn three, I'm going to discard whatever creature I don't ha- don't need and turn it into the other half of this combo and put seven power on the table.
0: Or just get the specific bullet you need for this matchup. I mean, like, yes. the beyond your main game plan, if that works out, goes well. But if... Say you are like not don't have both pieces. You can discard a burning tree emissary that's not going to do anything, and get a scavenging goose that's going to wreck the G- tarmogoyf deck. Or you know that you can you can kind of pick and choose the best way to going about it.
1: Yeah, something else that I think is like super interesting is that. um you want like more ways to go like burning tree into something on turn two in some matchups. Mm-hmm. There's some matchups where you just wanna put power on the battlefield. You sure. just wanna put down like four power on turn on turn two. And so just burning tree into Fauna Shaman is not a good play, but if you know what's in your hand and you like have a feeling you're gonna be able to recover. Well, one thing
0: we realize is your deck actually has a problem in the sense that a lot of the cards aren't really that castable. And yeah. that's the problem with Bob is it's not castable off of a burning tree. Yeah. But Fauna Shaman is and it because of claim to fame and because of Renegade Rallier, your deck has more interests than it used to to have cards in your graveyard.
1: Yeah, so we so I'm now going to kind of go through a little bit of what happened uh, in day two, and then yep. we can talk a little bit more about uh, kind of where the deck stands and, and what makes Fauna Shaman so sweet. Yep, so day two, I showed up with three stonies. I played affinity in round one, I lost game one, I won games two and three. Game two was ended off of playing stoney. He played one turn with the Stonian play and then he just scooped. Um, game 3, I managed to to like long game him having a mere superior in play to block his ex champion, which is like very important. He was ticking it up with a steel overseer and in the end um, I drew lingering souls and was able to ser- search up a ronus, make my make my some one of the guys on my team trample and uh, push through for the final win. Okay. So it was close, but it felt good to beat Affinity to start the day. Um, second, I played Blue White Red, and the, this is like the Logic Not version. So it's like the committed. It's like the committed. It's the Nahiri. No, this is not the Nahiri. Oh no, no, no. no, no, no. If he had Nahiri, then. Oh, so
0: this this is just like Snapcaster Mage's. Yes. The bunch of mill cards. They play yeah. Spire, Bluff, Canal. They yeah.
1: It's like a, the really efficient. Um, it's that one that popped up like a month and a half, two months ago. Sure. Uh, and that was close. I beat him in three games. It's almost
0: more burn Delver without Delvers than it is yes, even yes. necessarily a uh, right. control deck.
1: It's like a Delver-less delver Delver. Um, the games were really close, and it ended up coming down to, you know, in game one, I just needed a Collective Brutality to finish him off. He was at two, didn't draw it, and then I beat him in games two and three. And it was close, but, you know, I was able to get there. Um, Collective Company is good. Uh, after that, I played against Eternal Command, which was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was playing his own version of Eternal Command. It made me really happy because I love that deck. <laughs> and he, it was like, he had like familiars ruse and he was playing spell stutter sprites. Nice. And yeah, it was sick. Um, I was really into it. Uh, the games were close. He took me down one of them, it was a three game deal. Beat him, he was a cool player, he made one mistake where he, two different times people looked at my hand and forgot to and like forgot to take or, or, or uh, two different times one guy forgot to take superior out of my hand with an active vial because he didn't realize I could vial it in and the other time he bounced a superior into my hand with a cryptic command and then attacked into it forgetting that I could vial it back in. Um, it's one of the sweetest things about playing a bruise that people don't realize. It. Yeah, there's like,
0: there's, there's so many weird lines in this deck that aren't normal ways people will interact with magic that you... And that's why you play bruise. Yeah. I mean, like, the the best bruise are ones that take advantage of a rule that people or an interaction people aren't expecting. And so they're, they're going to thought-seize badly.
1: Yeah, and I will say that the, the the best card in this whole deck, through and through, no question, is Aether Vile. Yeah. It's it's like the games that you have a vial in your opener, I've, I've started to learn, even if you have, like if like i've kept the i've kept the mold of six, four land, 6 vile collected company hands like
0: it, like the the more your your deck is convincing me that regardless of the 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 mere superior half which i think is really strong and i'm not yeah. but there's just a good engine in modern right now between Vile, collected company Fauna shaman and um right Renegade Rallyer. Yeah. And your deck might be the best version of that, and I'm not saying right. it's not, but those four cards together interact and claim to fame. Sorry, and Claim to Fame. Yeah. Those five cards interact in a way, and that's you know, that's a five color deck, uh, with Claim to Fame. But I think Renegade Rallier and Claim to Fame could be interchangeable right. uh in a way that is very fascinating. And and being able to have the instant speed Fauna Shaman uh, Aether Vile Plan is seems backbreaking. Having the ability to then claim to fame things or renegade rally or those things back into yeah. play seems very strong. The fact that Collected Company does a like a a soft version of that, like an unintentional version of those same effects, right, also seems really good.
1: It's quite possible that actually there's a version of this deck that this could evolve into that's much less beef heavy and much like
0: a hate bearsy. Yeah, well, and, strategy. And, and a
1: little more control, like it, yeah, like, like you you're trying to set up. Which I think just turns it into a combo deck, because that's like what people play.
0: Like, like uh, kind of doing what Birthing Pod was doing. Like, doing a yeah. Malira combo. Um, the Because the, right now, I believe Counter Company, the infinite mana, half of it, can just be two drops. So, you know, like, you can maybe play, because you don't need Kitchen Finks uh, in that version. You maybe have the ability to play a combo-y version of this deck that, that takes advantage of all these pieces.
1: Yeah, I'm curious if there is a creature combo that I that could exist to board into.
0: I think. Um, well, uh, I mean, y- you need something to do with that infinite mana, but yeah, exactly. but this year of remedies and and uh, um, mana dude. Yeah, 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 and, and devoted druid, devoted druid, and, and, and devoted
1: is good with with superior anyway. He's yeah, like cast yeah, superior. like
0: having. I think that's a combo that w- I would heavily consider adding to your deck.
1: It's a thought. I mean, you have to have enough sinks, and, and then it's not valuable to get infinite mana if you have nothing to do with it.
0: Yeah, and there's 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 Ronus. You have Ronus, which is a great sync to have infinite mana with. It's a- true, and you have, and I think you would add something along the lines of a a, a wolf run or and the guy play. who. You of...
1: yeah. You'd play the two mana werewolf. Who... And, yeah, and you can play
0: maybe a one of of uh, walking ballista just to have that combo in your deck available. I know it doesn't work with collected company, but
1: it also doesn't. Re- it's that's a bad card in the deck. But but you'd play something. Sure, you'd play something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't I, know
0: if that's true because casting it for one off of a burning tree emissary is fine.
1: Yeah, it's okay. But but in any case, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I think that's it's there's a definitely an interesting thing there. So after eternal command, uh, the the rest of the decks that I played. I beat a blue-white deck, straight-up blue-white, like committed blue-white control. Um, and it was close, but I think I 2 owed him. And then I was 4-0, which was sick. I was, like, so happy and so excited about the day. I was like, oh, Coco's getting there for me. And then I fell off a cliff, and I lost three matches in a row. And two of them, because I had 4-0'd, and the guys that I lost games to, the guy that I lost in the fifth round to just ID'd the last two rounds, so he was in the top eight. So, my breakers were exceptionally high. Uh, even after losing, so, so the round five match that I lost to Blue White, this is the deck of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. This guy was playing Blue White, Spellqueller, Squadron Hawk, Fleece Mane Lion, Dust Till Dawn, Reflector Mage. Like, he was playing, like, the sweetest Blue White deck. Um, like, he had down, like, Reflector Mage and Spell Queller, and he, like, dust Till Dawn and, like, wrecked all my superiors and, like, goifs and didn't kill any of his creatures. Dust for Dawn
0: in Modern is sick.
1: And, like, if you have the right creature suite to accommodate it, like, I was just very impressed. Um, the I'm, deck was I, awesome. I realize
0: I'm, like, very hipster about cards I want to see playing in Magic. The less it's seen play in Modern, the more I'm happy that it's seen play in Modern. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah that deck is sweet uh, the last two losses for me were scapeshift uh like you know titan shift and four color death shadow the titan shift deck i made a mistake i let him get valcut off of like the that five mana green spell that searches up two lands okay and i had mind sensor with an active vial that i had searched for and i was thinking for some reason in my mind that i had to save it for the scape Shift, not really thinking about the fact that like if I gave him two Valkets, the game was just over, mm-hmm. and he was confused. And I was just a player; I just was dumb. I I was thinking Scape Shift was how the deck won, and not that I just needed to prevent him from getting the spell off and have a chance to draw something. I would have lost anyway, but it that that was a crappy one, right? And then Four Color Shadow was like all of the good things you've seen out of Grixis Shadow, but add white for Lingering Souls and Path to Exile, and it was playing okay. And it was playing Lava Mancer, sure, and and like it was just good, and it had all the answers, and its mana base was super fragile. And if I had had some way to mess up his mana, like. I would have been stoked, but he was playing basics. I feel like it, I feel like he was bad, and it was a bad deck. Like he was a good player, and he was a nice guy, but like building that deck is so aggressive. To have that many colors and that many non basics, and be playing shadow, and actually have basic lands in your deck when you get path just seems crazy to me. That just doesn't seem that doesn't seem like it's possible. It seems like if you get ghost quartered a lot, you just lose. Then again, it's such a high-velocity deck. Like I asked him, I was "Like what happens if somebody Blood moons you? He was like, "Well, very often I just like have enough on the battlefield already that it doesn't matter."
0: Yeah, by turn three, you're just you're just good.
1: Yeah, he's like I strip their hand, or I have a live Lava Mancer, or I've played a Shadow or something. Yeah. And yeah, so maybe I'm I'm bad, and he was. <laughs> but it was annoying to lose basically two win and ends my fifth and seventh round. It, sure. It was very deflating, and that was the weekend. So there you have it. A Little it. bitter. Yes, I was. <laughs> I really, really. I was like, this is going to be exciting to top eight, a 70 person tournament with this like sweet brew that I've been working on for so long. And it didn't happen. But I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to give it at least one more go. this summer. Yeah, uh, I think you're getting there. I think
0: like you know, this is the power of testing. I think, you know, uh, if Moto was a better platform, yeah. you would be jamming it a little bit more uh and using that as a testing method because it's a little bit easier to do it there but because it's has its challenges it's it's a little bit more difficult to really kind of bite into right now because right. i i wouldn't invest real money into moto at this point i um, hoping that they'll change it and maybe i'm just wrong and they never will and we should just all jump on ship but um with that in mind what would you say the strongest strengths of the deck are and what are its greatest weaknesses
1: um, I would say the strongest strengths of the deck are that it has crazy, crazy catch up with uh, things you can do with collected company, um, in a way that I think almost no deck in the format has the the raw power you can get.
0: Wait, collected company and other decks can just like combo out. I guess is like the only alternative version, but you just get so much beef onto the table that it's basically a combo.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have a couple different reasons that's the case. A superiors a five six. You have you have a you have a, an effective. 5th through 8th Tarmogoyf, which, like, every deck would play if they could get it. You're basically, with.
0: like, you're playing a, s- a more difficult... You're jumping through similar hoops to Gurmag Angler, and your Gurmag Angler has one more toughness.
1: Yes, and you can get your Gurmag Angler on turn 2, which they can also do through your own method. Right. Um, But you can also get it... And I
0: would say your method is in the... law. Lo- well, no. Okay, it's comparable. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, but it's a five six, which is what makes it so much better. Right, it's so much better than so many things because it's a five six. Right. Um. So, that's very good.
0: Um. I mean, yeah. Like the amount of times I got, I've gone in Tarmogoyf to six, seven, or higher is like small. Yeah. And like it, but it's been good enough that like I've like regularly played with. Um, oh, what's the Bitter card? Blossom. Bitter Blossom yeah, in the yeah, deck yeah. because that puts enchantment in tribal into my graveyard Same. and like. Yeah, no, I and like the, that's why you Liliana is so good in the deck. And you want Planeswalkers.
1: Like a good example of like the kind of turn that's so epic in this deck is like, okay, so you collected Company main phase because you have a stranded Superior in your hand, um, and maybe you have gotten a Superior or a Goy for something that you've played on turn two that got pushed. So this is like a thing that happens. You'll go okay instead of instead of end of turn main or instead of end of turn Company, I'm gonna main phase Company. I'm going to hit Burning Tree Emissary and I'm going to hit Renegade Valier. And it's going to grab a Superior of my graveyard. And I'm going to use the two mana off this Burning Tree Emissary to cast the Superior in my hand. So now you've gotten five out You went from graveyard, like totally boned
0: to five in your hand and five power. 10, from your deck. 11, 12, 13. Puts 15 power. Yeah. Fif-
1: and that's like a thing you can do. 16 power. Uh, three, five, no, 15, 10, 15, 15. 15. And like that's like a thing you can do, and like that's not a crazy thing either. It's like some combination of, of of wild, weird things you're able to do in the deck that like you can just you can just put just vomit fifteen power onto the graveyard for four mana. Sure. And your opponent like looks at you and they're like, my game plan to win or survive is like greatly hindered now. And you're just, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, yep. I'm gonna win now because like you don't you can't answer all of these huge things.
0: I like keep bouncing back with your deck on how like white versus red. Right. Um
1: white's just the sideboard is just so valuable.
0: Right. Well and that's with Stony Silence, but if you went red you could you could do like the four ancient grudge plan. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah, but it's a spell. You like you want it it all but, costs
0: but but Stony Silence is a
1: True, true, that's true.
0: Is not a you want creatures. Like either one is not a creature. So like that 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 to me and you can play Shatter Spree, like there are there are nukes against Affinity in red that are as good as Stony Silence if you really want to go for it, and you have a way to kind of ramp a little bit um, to get to play those, so that's not really what I think you'd be worrying about, but by red, you have consistency with your claim to fames, and you have, there's one other reason I wanted you to go to full red, that I'm forgetting now.
1: Some other sweet hate bear or something? Harsh Mentor? Harsh Mentor? No, not
0: Harsh Mentor is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 oh, 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 uh, Casting Wolf Run. Or being able to play yeah, ways to give your... And that's kind of what you're doing with Thronus, but, but one of the de- problems your deck currently has is just going over people. Because the situation you described, but if I have three just blockers, I can get past that.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Um, but maybe it's just you just... 2 five sixes, a 2-2, two two and a 3-2 are like just good enough to get through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely directions to take this deck in every color that are interesting. Blue presents some really interesting ones too. Um, obviously, more claim fame, like you just said, in red. Th- th- I think there's there's lots of arguments.
0: So I think so so, uh, how was claim fame?
1: Claim fame was sick. Um, it was it was. I only played the one. I don't know. Um, you know, it was like, like claim fame was very, very powerful. Um, I only played one. I like definitely won a game off of the whole claim a burning tree emissary into play, use the red mana to fame that burning tree emissary and attack as a four, two haste. Okay. Um, that was totally like out of the blue. That's, it's like out of the blue burn stuff that like people don't see coming. Sure. And I think it's really, we talked about it on the show and it worked. Um, the issue with this and, and I, I present this as a, as a riddle to, uh, (laughs) to the listeners of this show.
0: Yep discuss it, it on our facebook group
1: yeah so <laughs> the way this deck works is I've, I've tested all different you know moving the numbers around but what it comes down to is you basically have to play 22 land because you need to be able to hit collected company you don't want to stall out 21 i've done and it feels worse 22 feels correct with two horizon canopy so you can sack them later you need four collected company and four vial to be able to reliably play the creature suite that you're playing which then means if you're going to play a number of creatures high enough to to hit consistently off company which is probably around 25 which is what i play you only have slots for a few other spells and in modern you have to be playing some amount of interaction which means in this case three path to exile i was playing a decay i replaced it with a collective brutality and finally one claim to fame which used to be one profane command if you as listeners of the show think that it's smart to somehow cut down to 21 land trim your collected companies play, trim your creatures sleep. From your creature suite, if you think that playing 22 or 23 creatures is enough with company, you can get a lot more clever with more claim to fames, more brutalities, more interesting things. Um, How to properly negotiate that to be the most interactive, most raw power, I'm still trying to figure out too. But as it stands now, sometimes your companies suck because you just whiff or you don't hit good stuff. And you definitely want to make sure your creature suite's high enough to make company a valuable card. The the deck's very... It feels often like whenever you... How many, how many
0: times did you miss with company?
1: Like one out of, like one out of every five you have like a zero or like a one. Okay but like usually it's I would say I would say four out of five it's like very good Okay. so anyway that's the thoughts on the deck guys I think we talked about Fauna Shaman a pretty good amount in there so you guys get yeah we'll, we'll bre-
0: break it down uh, make sure to go to our Facebook to discuss this question in the deck we'll, Ben will put a post with the list that he currently is playing with on our Facebook group so you can kind of go and discuss stuff there and discuss maybe tra- changes or tweaks you think you could go through yep uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter I am at, we I am at Kes Wiley I'm at Ben Bateman Media you're at the MM cast make sure to check out uh, our sister podcast the command zone on collector company thanks to giving us all the sweet data he gives us every week uh we really appreciate it and it lets us kind of talk like we know what we're talking about (laughs) uh make sure to check out our patreon it's really important uh we you know it's why we're able to afford the equipment we keep replacing because it keeps breaking down and and why we're able to do the podcast every week and uh make sure to check out um the facebook group again because yeah it's sweet I think that's the main shout Oh, and, and Anchor. Make sure to check out uh, Timmons Magic. Uh, yeah. I will guest on it regularly now, or more regularly than I was before. Plus, Ben does awesome content on there. Uh, you can battle him and, and yep. other good things. And, uh, yeah. Thank Thanks thank so much, guys. Thank you for
1: Bye. your Bye. attention. See you later, alligator.